Thank you for coming to the podcast. It's Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I am David Tremonti, joined by my co-host Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and we are brought to you by a tremendous fightwear company, ADK Fightwear. Meet us at the top. They are a family-run business. They have cool, clean, crisp graphics, and here's the fucking brain melt. They're not that expensive. Okay, if you go to their website, adkfightwear.com, check out their geese. If you're a gee guy or a gee gal, you can get a top-of-the-line gee at an affordable price. Are you a no-gee person, such as myself or Gumby? You can get a nice, awesome-looking rash guard for $40. You can get spats for as low as $30. You can get a cool ADK t-shirt for $15. They're not trying to gouge your money. When did fightwear become so expensive? I don't know. I don't care. Go to adkfightwear.com, enter in promo code top tur Actually, Gumby, what promo code should they enter? It's just turtle. T-U-R-T-L-E. And how much do they get off? 20% off your entire order. So despite these critically low prices already, you're going to get an extra 20 off. Hold on. No, 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 no. That's wrong, Gumby. I'm sorry. We might need to stop taping right now. I thought the promo code was only for 10%. Oh, no, no, no. It is for 20% off now. Wow. That is just gangbusters. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, which starts right now with our man, UFC prospect, Israel Adesanya. This is Daniel Gumby, Greenland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and I have the pleasure today of speaking to Israel Idesanya, who fights Brad Tavares as the headliner of the Ultimate Fighter Finale 27 on July 6th. Uh, Israel, I think expectations were pretty high for you in your second UFC fight. Uh, you went out there, won a nice decision, uh, but it seems like people want to take down your performance uh, a little bit. They, they're looking for something to say wrong about it. How about you? How would you rate your performance in your last fight on a scale from 1 to 10? So right after the fight, I would give myself a 3 because I, um, you know, I was fresh, and I was expecting to really smoke him and finish him. But, um, yeah, uh, after the fight, I'll give myself like a 5.7, maybe a 5, just because I learned a lot in that fight, you know, um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of times they say you win or you learn, but for that fight I won and I learned, and that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to win from, um, from learn from every performance, and what I learned from that performance was um, I can definitely make it to the third round easy. I could definitely go five rounds no sweat, um, and a lot of other things. You know, with my uh, my timing, uh, also not thinking about the knockout. In the third round, I was thinking too much uh, rather than feeling. That's why the third round, uh, I think I'd give it to him because he got me down, didn't do shit with the takedowns. But um, I still smashed him, and I just felt like I was thinking about the knockout too much rather than just going with the flow. And, um, yeah, so I'm happy with the performance in hindsight. Nice. And, and you said, you know, you felt like you felt the pressure to get the knockout. I, I was actually going to ask you, <laughs> does, does this make you feel more pressure to get the knockout against Tavares? But I, I would guess that it makes you less pressure to get the knockout against Tavares, No. No, hell, there's no pressure at all from anyone else. Like, I don't care, like you said, like what people said about, you know, their expectations of me. I could give two fucks about that. For me, it's about my expectation of myself and what I know I can do. That's where my pressure comes from. It's from within, not from any external sources or anyone else. They can talk, I mean, 
people say nice things. Oh my God, you're the man. You this and that. I'm like, cool, whatever. I take it and I let it go. Oh, you suck. You, you know, you ain't shit. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. Cool, whatever. I take it and I let it go. I don't dwell on anyone else's expectation of myself. I just focus on what I can do. And with Brad, I'm just gonna do me because hey, it was what 13 fights, 12 finishes. That's that's a that's a lot of that's a finishing ratio that no one else I don't know has. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna do what I do, and eventually, because I, I hit these guys accurately, and when I do, they they can't take it anymore, and eventually they fall. So I'm not worried about a knockout. I don't think about that kind of stuff. It just happens, and when it happens, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and just out of curiosity, you know, you said you're not really worried about how other people feel about you, but have you seen sort of a change in the amount of media you've gotten since that bout, or uh, is it pretty much still status quo? Nah, man. Every 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 time it just goes up and up and up. Eventually, I'll start to do these fucking 6 a.m. starts and then finish at 4 p.m. You know, like just talking, answering the same questions, and I've prepped for all that. So for me, it's nothing new. Like it's it is physically, but it's been in my mind for so long. It just feels like, well, I'm ready for it, and I I know how to handle it with training. Um, you know, mixing both of them in between because this is part of the gig. So, yeah, my next fight, third fight in the UFC main event. I mean, who else? You know, in the third fall, I I know Conor McGregor did it in his third fight, and Anderson Silva did it in the second fight against Rich Franklin. So, um, those are the only two I can think of. And for me, I'm I, I'm just gonna keep going. And I have to adapt to all these new things coming my way because I've prepared for them. So it's the it's the unknown unknowns that I'm not I'm I'm learning how to handle with. So uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful process. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and you said you know the the comparison there to Conor McGregor, Anderson Silva. You know you're hearing the John Jones comparison constantly too. Is it frustrating getting those comparisons regularly? I know you lashed out a little bit at the John Jones one, but uh, you know those those comparisons have got to be coming in and out all the time. Yeah, uh, but just part of it like that's one thing that's another unknown unknown i didn't expect so uh i knew they were going to compare me but i didn't know they're going to ham on about it for so long and i'm like well fuck. they can think whatever they want to think eventually you know who you know who i am as me so uh yeah uh, I, this is what it is it's just part of the i guess the growth of it people just want to try and link you to someone else and eventually they'll detach those links they'll sever those cords and know that i am the last style bender yeah, and, and, and you take a lot of pride in being the guy who's like, you know, the first of his kind or the last of his kind or both. Uh, is there any fighter that you do take, you know, uh, or, you know, you looked up to growing up, or is there any fighter that you, you like stylistically? Maybe not take things from, but maybe like stylistically? Hey, this is the copycat league. You know, we all take and learn from everyone. And I've got some things that are original that people haven't seen yet. But um, all the names you just mentioned, Conor McGregor, John Jones, and Sosova, um, they are people I've looked up to. You know, coming up in this game, seeing what they did and admiring it. So it's it's, it's never any like maliciousness, like oh, don't call me them, because I I looked up to those guys when I was coming up. I still remember, you know, like skipping work, you know, to to watch some of their pay per views. So it's nothing like oh, I don't like those guys. It's just I need people need to recognize who I am, and they will soon. Yeah, and you, you you mentioned all three of those names. One of the things about them is they all made that quick meteoric rise. You're talking about the meteoric rise yourself, getting to the main event here. Uh, you, do you look at the rankings at all? Because it seems like after two performances that seemed pretty high on a lot of people's opinions, you think you would see your name in there. Would you see yourself as a ranked fighter? Man, the rankings don't mean shit to me, to be honest. Like, those rankings are so, like, I think they're silly. And they made, but I don't even know who makes the rankings. Who's the, who's the person? There? I want to see that person who's in charge of the rankings, at least, so I can know 
if it's someone I can value their opinion. And sometimes you see some guys get knocked off the rankings and someone that they already beat recently is above them. So it doesn't really mean shit to me. Like rankings is just opinions. And people can shove their opinions where the sun don't shine. So I just want to fight the best. And they put uh, you know, a tough test in front of me. And I want to blow past this test, pass over flying colors, and keep moving on on my journey. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for me, I just want to fight the best. I don't Rankings don't mean shit. It, I don't care. Yeah, and you, you said you want to fight the best. Now, question, uh, just out of curiosity, how soon do you want to fight the best? Because it seems like you've got a fast trajectory. I mean, you're already fighting Brad Tavares. It's only your third fight. He's a name that's been in the division for a while. How, how quickly is your ascent to the top? Put it this way. When I was at uh, UFC Atlantic City, um, we sat close to Chris Waterman, and I told him multiple times around the hotel, like, just friendly. I was like, I appreciate what you've done. Yeah, I even told him, I was like, yo, when you broke it into his legs, I cried. I was like, I want to fight you. I told him, like, this is no internet shit, no fucking Twitter fingers. This is just like, as, as a man, I respect, you know, I want to test myself. And I think he is still one of the best. And definitely, I, I, I told him I look forward to fighting him. So that's where my mind is at. So, so your mind is after Brad Tavares, you're thinking Chris Weidman is a, a logical name right after him? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm looking at everyone in that division, mm-hmm. everyone from... You know, I don't even, I already know what the bottom is. I don't even know what the top, I know who the top guys are, but I'm looking at everyone in that division all the way. So, uh, yeah, whoever they give me, I'll probably, I, I think I already know who I want to fight next. Definitely uh, the winner of um, Uriah Hall and the Brazilian kid. I want to fight whoever whoever wins that fight next. But um, first, I got Brad in front of me, and that's the test I have to pass. Mm-hmm. And, and so, just out of curiosity, how do you see this fight going with Brad? Um, a lot easier than the last fight. Um, and that's not me trying to toot my own horn. I just, I've seen guys like Brad throughout my career. I know what they bring. I know they kind of, <gasps> excuse me, I know they kind of, uh, uh, leads, the kind of combos they want to throw, the kind of style they like to play. And also, even if you bring something new, I adapt and overcome like no other. Like it's, uh, even my last fight, the guy was throwing some shit that I never seen before in training. You know, like he was southpaw, he throw a, a left kick and then a, a left hand straight after it. So like a four by two. And I was able to read that on the fly. And then when he threw it again, I was able to counter on it. And the second, the third time again, I, I counted on it. So that's that's my physical intelligence, being able to read someone in the moment and react to it, make reads. That's what I do with my shotting gun, you know. So um, Brad, I've seen this shit before. I've read that book many times. That's why I feel like it'll be... And when I say easy, I don't mean like he's going to be an easy fight. I just feel like it's an easier test to pass. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the top of the division here. I just want to get your take before we let you go, too. You know, the the top of the division right now is Yoel Romero. He's facing off against uh, Robert Whitaker for the belt. Who do you like in that fight, and what do you think of those two at the top of the division? I think um, in that fight, what's his name? Robert's got it because... Like I said, once you read a book once, it's it's easier to read it the second time. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of know what you're, you've already read before. So, um, yeah, I think Rob is more involving than Yoel has been through their track record. So, definitely, I go with Rob in that fight by decision. I like it. So, once again, fans, this was Israel Idesanya. He fights Brad Tavares at the Ultimate Fighter finale on July 6th. Thank you once again for the time, Israel. We really appreciate it. Anytime, man. 
And that interview was, of course, brought to you by Dead Frog Brewery. Look, there are a lot of pretenders out there in the craft brew world, but not Dead Frog. Dead Frog gives you good, clean, quality beer with no pasteurization and no preservatives. Head on over to deadfrog.ca and see what they've got for you or pick some up at your local liquor store today. Once again, I am Daniel Gumby Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonti, and that was Israel Idesanya. Dave, what'd you think? I think everyone was overreacting by his second performance in the UFC. It was his second performance. He still won. I know it wasn't the flashy, eye-popping KO that we've seen 12 times from him before in both his uh, outside the UFC and his first UFC fight. But you know what? This guy is going to be a star. I love how he sounds on the mic. I think he knows how to promote himself. And what I took away from your sit-down, your talk with him, was that he actually approached Chris Weidman about a fight, which I like. I like the balls on this guy, and I also like how he said he did it respectfully, not in any sort of, you know, disparaging way. Yeah, I, I like that, and uh, to go back to what you said, too, where everybody's trying to talk down his last performance, he said even he, right after the performance, felt down until he watched it again, and he realized he did a ton of good things, and he learned from it. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that he's doing things the respectful way. He's not throwing any dollies through any... Uh, any windows or anything like that. I, I appreciate the shit out of that. Yeah. So I, we're big eye to sign you guys here. And we, of course, appreciate his, his time and coming on. And we hope to see his career build from here. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. You know, I think in the vein, I think I get the sense that the UFC wants to, quote, push this guy, as we say in professional wrestling. But this is a man I would put more stock in and more faith in than I would say, uh, Sage Northcutt. Yeah, and I think how, how about anybody other in... than how about anybody other than Zabit? Pretty much, right? Like th- this is a high-profile guy, all the way up to almost the Zabit level. I love it. So, of course, we've been in a bit of a UFC lull here the past few weeks, and we'll get to our UFC 224 breakdown. Bet everyone forgot that was even a thing that was happening this coming weekend. But before we do that, we looked at the calendar and we said to ourselves. Holy shit, it's Mother's Day. Better get that gift-giving going. Uh, why don't we do a combat countdown this week all about the moms of the fighting world? So we're going to do a combat countdown about the top five fighting moms in honor of Mother's Day. Gumby, I'm going to cue up Melvin Buffer, our combat yes. countdown voiceover guy. But I want to make sure before we do our top five fighting moms on this week's combat countdown that you are ready. Oh, I am very ready. All right, and your dog sounds like he's ready, too. (laughs) Melvin, play that music. It's time for the Combat Countdown. All right, so this week's Combat Countdown, in honor of Mother's Day, it's the top five fighting moms. We'll, of course, start with number five, as per usual, and we will start with a badass fighting mom. She goes by the name of... Beck Rawlings. Yeah, Beck Rawlings. She's actually fought in two divisions. She's one of the original uh, cast members from the 115-pound tough. And then now she's up to 125. Even though she's on a little bit of a losing skit, I think she's looked better and better every time out. And she also gets extra props on the Mother's Day list for naming her son after MMA legend Ensign Enoue. Oh, that's badass. I didn't know that. I'm a big pride mark. I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, yeah, you got to dig that. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll go to number four. It's Montana De La Rosa. Yeah, Montana De La Rosa is uh, quietly making her way up the 125-pound rank. She's right now ranked number 14, and I think a lot of people sleep on her because she's only 23 years old, and I think that that makes her really dangerous as a potential contender in that division, which is pretty shallow at the moment, too. Uh, her husband, also in the UFC, Mark De La Rosa, I think he fights at Bantamweight, which is uh, pretty respectable. A whole family affair in there. And being that she's so young, what you're basically saying is if we do this combat countdown in honor of Mother's Day five years from now, she could move up to number one on the list, depending on the career she has. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's no reason to think she can't fight for 10 more years. Number three is a, a perennial or I shouldn't say perennial. She is a fan favorite of this show because she's come on the show before fighting out of the lab it's lauren murphy yeah i love lab fighters because i love john crouch uh and right now she changing divisions has catapulted herself to the top of the division she's now ranked number three at 125 and is probably only a fight or two away from a title fight and uh i found out when i was doing a little digging about uh mma moms that the only reason she ever started jujitsu was because she took her son to a class uh which is pretty crazy That's awesome. Uh, number two, it's the karate hottie. It's Michelle Watterson. Yeah, Michelle Watterson had that whole uh, whole special on her and her, her daughter. Uh, right now she's ranked number seven at 115, but she's had some crazy tough fights in there to get her up to number seven. She's three and two, but I would say of the people we've talked about so far, probably the closest to the top of her division, the closest to seeing a title shot. And also a very good career in Invicta as well. Oh, hell of a – yeah, she was 105 pounds there. She's atom weight. Uh, we'll move to the number one fighting mom. Once challenged for the title at 135 pounds, it's Kat Zingano. Yeah, Kat Zingano. And people – man, I, I was looking back at her record, and I'm one of those people who is overlooked – just how much Kat Zingano has accomplished in her career. Because, yeah, everybody remembers the quick submission loss to Ronda Rousey. But right now, she's still ranked sixth at 135 pounds, long after Ronda's left the division. And she has wins over Misha Tate and current champion Amanda Nunes, which is just an absolutely insane resume when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, that's two champs right there. Uh, so we'll rewind it and count it back down. Our top five fighting moms, number five, Beck Rollins, number four, the young prospect, Montana De La Rosa, number three, the labs, Lauren Murphy, number two, the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson, and number one, Kat Zingano with her resume of having wins over both Amanda Nunes and Misha Tate. Hit us up on Twitter at Top Turtle MMA. If you loved or hated that top five combat countdown, Hit us up with any ideas for a combat countdown you would want to hear in the future. Gumby will move along to the UFC 224 breakdown. We'll get your thoughts on the three fights you're most excited about and some betting odds. But I would like to ask you, sir, does any fine company sponsor this 224 breakdown? Absolutely. The UFC 224 breakdown on Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com is brought to you by GarageFit. Look, we can't all get to the gym and jiu-jitsu every single day so why sacrifice a high quality workout when you can get one in your garage so go to garagegym.net that's garagegym.net and you can check out all the things they got there for you you can get your plyo boxes your weighted vest your heavy ropes whatever it is you need garage fit has got it and then you can get your high quality workout without sacrificing your time
All right, let's hear what you're thinking for UFC 224. So my three picks for UFC 224 first, uh, while the main event is all right, uh, I'm not super excited about it, so I'm actually going to go with three other fights here. Uh, first one, I'm going to take Jacare Souza, that off as a negative 145 favorite over Calvin Gastelum. While I like Calvin Gastelum, after I watched Chris Weidman manhandle him on the ground, I just can't imagine he hangs with Jacare. Uh, the second fight I really like, I'm going underdog, underdog here to end. I'm going Brian Boom Kelleher, friend of the show at plus 205 i think that's an incredible value against john lineker john lineker is a hard puncher but he doesn't move like brian kelleher so I, I like brian kelleher in that one and then the third fight i'm interested in and i'm going underdog in i love alexi olenic at plus 125 over junior albini who's betting off at negative 145 i particularly like that one because Olenek's so good on the ground. We've seen nothing of Albini. And really, the only reason Albini's even close to being ranked is a one-punch knockout over Tim Johnson. Uh, and apart from that, he's looked kind of crappy in his crazy diaper pants. So, uh, once again, my picks, Jacare over Kelvin Gastelum, Brian Kelleher over John Lineker, and Alexi Olenek over Junior Albini. Well, you mentioned the main event, saying you weren't that interested in it, but let's at least get you on the record. Amanda Nunes, the champion, defending against Raquel Pennington. Who you got? I, I really like Amanda Nunes in this one. Like, Raquel Pennington can push the pace a little bit, but the fact of the matter is, is what it's going to come down to is Raquel Pennington can't get her down. Uh, I, I think Amanda Nunes is way too tough to take down in this case for Raquel Pennington, which means she's going to have to stand and box with her. And when it comes to boxing... There really aren't too many better 135ers right now than uh, Amanda Nunes, and I think she just puts it on her with, with powerful shots. All right. Well, that about does it for us. We would love to hear your feedback at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter, Top Turtle MMA at Gmail. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Thank you so much to the mothership, flowcombat.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Garage Gym, Dead Frog Brewery, ADK Fightwear, Meet Us at the Top, enter promo code TOPTURTLEMMA, or sorry, enter in promo, I don't know why I keep doing that, Gummy, <laughs> enter in promo code TURTLE at ADKFightwear.com and get yourself a 20% off discount. I said that right, Gummy, it's you, not a you, 10% discount. No, it's, it's a 20. 20% discount. It is 20. That's a, it's amazing. ADKFightwear.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, and thanks to Israel Adesanya. We'll be back next week.